Oh God. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it fell out of the so back of the truck no and then rolled across three international borders <laughs> and ended up in America. I, I think I've really only weird. shopped at a SARS like twice and it was out of like necessity, like proximity. Yeah. It's like, I just need this thing and I'm right here and I should be in and out before I catch anything. No one chooses to shop at SARS. It's either that or you're so poor. It's a lifestyle. You have to to shop there. All right. Now we're starting to talk down on people about their choices and I feel really good about this. So Marissa, I'm going to need you to start uh, bagging on the pores again because it uh, really helped for my segue to get us into this episode. I mean, if we can get you into a proper segue, I'm going to do everything I can not to. <laughs> Welcome back to Cage Match, colon, a roundabout way of meeting Nicholas Cage. I'm Sean, here with Nick. I'm and, Nick. And our producer. Peter, hello. And this week we have our special guest. Marissa, hello. Uh, what, why are you here? Well, I, <laughs> I was asked. Oh, okay. See, I'm not in, I'm not involved in the guest selection process. So, like, somebody will be like, "Oh, that's great, Marissa's going to be on the show." What's uh, how, how'd that come about? I'm like, well, I don't know. Well, okay. So I was asked. That's the short answer. Long answer was, I think I was talking about Moonstruck, mm. um, and basically how I use Nicolas Cage's hand at work all the time. To discuss people. Fantastic. So, you have Nicolas Cage's hand? I do. As to my desk people? <laughs> uh, on this podcast, we discuss, rate, and review 64 of Nicolas Cage's top films, and we will decide what ultimately is the best Nick Cage film, as decided by Nick and myself. Yes. No one else. Today we are discussing Moonstruck from 1987 and Honeymoon in Vegas from 1990. God, we're going to do this again, too, aren't we? It's two, I think. Two. Two? Two. This is our comedy bracket, I believe. Yep. Funny guy. Funny guy. Funny cage. And uh, it's really unfortunate that you have to ask if this is supposed to be funny. (laughs) There are times where I question comedy. Well, I mean. There's times when I question him as a tough guy, too. But (laughs) we also assigned these pretty arbitrarily not having much knowledge of the movies just based on trailers so. yeah that peter watched yeah, yeah. oh man that was a so, fever dream of a night <laughs> we we broke this down based on descriptions that peter gave us yeah it worked out pretty well i, I think. think so i just thought it was because i had moon in both titles no that's mm. there's actually been a lot of like random sort of like weird alignments between movies in general this one has two weak ass men getting cuckolded so yeah great it's the first uh movie that has ended in cuckoldry in this uh podcast you say it's so weird yeah what cuckoldry uh, <laughs> weird is one way of saying it wrong is another <laughs> way uh, i don't know what you're talking about yeah so marissa had you seen honeymoon in vegas before yes really but like a very long time ago interesting probably, this was a total blind spot for me probably in the 90s. Are you now interested in watching the musical? No. Because there is a musical based on it. What? Who's yeah. in it? I don't know. Assholes. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first movie, too. Yeah. It's like a, a movie about assholes. I mean, I, like a I stage mean, musical? I mean, yeah, or, yeah, or, yeah, or a yeah, live? Or like musical, a, okay. like with songs and shit. You know what? We're no, gonna, that's interesting, but I'm going to move away from this. We're going we're gonna to come back here in two hours after we've watched this. Uh, see, see everyone then. Boy, that was terrible. I what can't believe we just spent that time. Yeah. 
What was your favorite song, Nick? Uh, the the one with Spider-Man in it. It was definitely my best. <laughs> I don't have any better jokes than that, so we're going to move on now. Mercy, you're the guest. Do you want to explain what this movie's about? Yes. Nicolas Cage is a private investigator who investigates um, men who are being cheated on uh, on behalf of them. And he takes evidence. Uh, he is dating Sarah Jessica Parker, who is way out of his league. And he is, uh, he promises his dying mother, who's Anne Bancroft, uh, that he will never get married. And so he has a phobia, uh, an avoidance of marriage. Um, but Sarah Jessica Parker wants him to get married. So he agrees. They go to Vegas. He has to have one last poker game before they can get married. And James Kahn has spotted Sarah Jessica Parker. She looks like a dead ringer for his deceased wife. Dead ringer for his dead wife. Ringer. Physical comedy. Oh, yeah, that, that was a wedding ring finger joke. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, With basically... the wrong hand because I, I, I'm afraid of marriage as well. <laughs> I am too. This, this, sorry, this is a movie that, like, once <laughs> really, again, really hit home. strikes on a lot of things that I'm like, oh, man, I don't want to get married. Marriage is fucking weird and scary. Also, you do look like someone who should be an Elvis impersonator. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were going to say, you do look like somebody who shouldn't be married. It's like, oh, that's, that's cold, but uh, I guess well fair received. Enough. Yeah, fair. Uh, so James Conn hatches a plan to uh, lure Nicolas Cage into a poker game where he can win money from Nicolas Cage so that he's indebted to such a point that he has to offer up. He has to agree uh, to have Sarah Jessica Parker go for a weekend with um, James Conn. Somehow he takes her to Hawaii. Uh, that felt a little odd. There's a uh, Pat Morita shows up as a taxi driver. Peter Boyle shows up as a, as like, a Hawaiian native Hawaiian chief. chief. Says some things that are what we would call problematic these days. Yes. I'm not going to lie. I love Peter Boyle's <laughs> role in this movie. Really I, mean, I just love Peter Boyle. And also, he yeah. was... Just obsessed with musicals. All I can think of is Frankenstein, though. Yeah, absolutely. Putting on the Ritz. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, they do a detour in Kauai. Nicolas Cage goes out. Antics ensue. Um, they end up back in Vegas. The only way he can get there is to parachute in as an Elvis impersonator. By this time, Sarah Jessica Parker had agreed to marry James Conn, which seemed... Really far-fetched. Well, it was her, under very dubious circumstances. Yeah. Her, like, James Conn really starts lying. True, her reason true. for marrying, agreeing to marry anyone at this point is very specious. Well, all she wants to do is, is get married. married and have kids. Yeah. Which I understand. That's every woman's core desire. But... <laughs> the views in this podcast are uh, <laughs> that of Nick and Nick's alone. <laughs> Wait a minute. I have to take ownership for everything you say now? Yes. <laughs> Anyways, they end up... They end up she ends up falling back in love with Nick Cage because he jumps out of yeah, a plane. Yeah, grand before. gestures. Yeah, because apparently he was afraid of heights. I don't know. That was like a character trait I thing that like never was it. They never up established that. that. It was never in the Wikipedia. Said that there was huh. there was a lot of stuff in the Wikipedia for this one that is blatantly wrong. Maybe they added that for the musical. It is fair to point out that Wikipedia is not a credible source. <laughs> True, because it is all user updated. Yeah, uh, there is one character. That is a callback to another movie, and that's uh, Johnny, what's-his-name, who plays Johnny Sandwich in this. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, Johnny Roast Beef Williams. Yeah. Fuck yeah. God, that was such a great character. What a name. Uh, I I wish people would just start. I I'm gonna change my last name to Sandwich. Sandwich is a good last name. So the, he had a great name. His is best. And then the Nick Cage's buddy was Sally Moller's. Yeah, that's, that's also good. really yeah. good. And he's a, and and he's he's a, a dentist. 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 Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, makes sense. sense. Do you think he was a dentist because he had that last name or he changed his name when he got him? You the have to be a dentist. Yeah. It's just True. like, sorry, dude. Family name, family business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Richard Itus. Gotta do it. <laughs> <laughs> let's start from uh, let's start from the beginning. Uh, his crazy ass dying mother. Oh, yeah. That was a great uh, real quick cameo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she, gives a, she gives a real look right before she oh, yeah. dies. Too. Oh, man. Those wild eyes. There's some wild eyes in this. And yeah. I liked it a lot. Uh, but she dies. She's dead as fuck. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the animated intro? I, OK, so uh, I liked there was a like this was a time it made me think back. I could be wrong that the Money Pit has one of those, but I feel like the Money Pit has an animated intro. I can't remember if it does, but it definitely has that same kind of vibe. Yeah. What's the Money Pit? Oh, Tom, Hanks Tom Hanks film. Tom Hanks and uh, uh, Shelley Long. Yeah, they, they put they a bunch buy of money a in a movie house that's a piece yeah. of shit. Yep. Meh. It's actually based on a 1940s movie, Mr. Blanding's Dream House. Oh. Look at you, Marissa. You're better at us than this. Thanks for the context. <laughs> Get out. Yeah. I hope I got that right. <laughs> I'm not going to fact check it. Yeah. So that's not what we're here for. This is like Wikipedia. You can say anything and it's really yeah. not citable in court Here's because a- we don't know <laughs> shit. Here's another thing. We're this, just a bunch of idiots. This is also true. So the guy who did music for Honeymoon in Vegas, David Newman, went to school with my dad. Ooh. He was actually in my Uncle Tom's class my uncle tom's a year younger than my dad and his brother thomas newman is a very famous music scorer for movies he's gotten academy awards and stuff can we get him on uh this podcast and Uh, is he going to get nicholas cage on this is he randy newman that's their cousin i think are you fucking kidding me no why aren't you telling us these things when we meet you (laughs) (laughs) these are hot facts i want to i want to sing songs about short people (laughs) with randy newman on yeah. our Nicolas well, Cage podcast. Invite Randy Newman over, please. I will. I had, a, I had a quick thought of Randy Quaid for a second. No. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm sorry. He's gone. Mm. <laughs> he's left the country. Mm, yeah. Bye-bye, Quaid. Quaid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so mom kicks it. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So then it cuts to four years later, a voiceover of Nick Cage explaining that he's a private eye great fake mustache oh and he's got one of those really cool slim cameras yes yeah. i love that i want to get one of those <laughs> uh great fake mustache um, the best of the fake mustaches i've seen him wear on this podcast <laughs> the best this is the yeah. most fake mustache oh, man. it's big it's fake it's <sighs> it really went with the pants yeah <laughs> Uh, we find out that he has been dating Sarah Jessica Parker, who's a teacher. school teacher. He pops the question one night, and they're off to Vegas the next day. Okay, we have to pause before we jump too far into the Vegas part, because we've got to talk about the guy that comes to his in- <laughs> detective <Mike's> agency. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he has this one client who's uh, convinced that his wife is cheating on him with Mike Tyson. And he shows pictures, and she's a looker, and so it makes sense. That's true. She's quite the lady. Yeah. We'll uh, post a picture on the Patreon. Or is she? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, rude. We gotta post the picture of her with Mike Tyson. Yeah. That's the oh one. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> the best. Later, he comes back, like, with, you know, with photographic evidence, and it's clearly just a Xeroxed picture like with, her- like, her head cut out <laughs> next to Mike Tyson. And the guy's like, see, you didn't believe me, but it's real. I have proof. It is so good. Who is that actor? 
I, I don't oh, have that yeah. information in front of me, but he's he's in things. Yeah, he's, for he's, sure. I mean, I think it's Robert Costanzo. Oh, he was on Saturday Night Fever hmm. and Die Hard 2 and City Slickers <gasps> and Total oh. Recall. OK, so Robert Costanzo. Hey, that's Total Recall references in this episode alone. Know, damn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just waiting for someone to make an indecent proposal. Reference. I mean, yeah, that's kind of what this movie is. But you know, what I mean, somebody's going to get an oh. indecent proposal tonight. I looked it up. It, indecent proposal is 1993. Oh, there you go. So I'd like to say they were inspired. Do you remember like when they did Robin Hood with Kevin Costner? And yes. Robin Hood Men in Tights came out right around the same time. Oh, I feel yeah. like there was a lot of movies where there was a comedy and then a serious movie. Oh, that yeah. just happened yeah. to be made around the same time. It's like they only had so many ideas yeah. in the 90s. I mean, and we still they do. have even less now. I know. That's true. As we're now just remaking 90s movies. I can't wait to get Biodome redone. Oh, it's happening. Is it is really? It? It's a gritty it. reboot. It is. No, it is. Fuck, Fuck Matt. Matt. It's not. It's a comedy, um, but it stars. Um, uh, it's a Mark Duplass film. Okay. So I it like, stars Mark like Duplass, Duplass and uh, I can't remember the name of the other actor, but they're trapped in a. Is it his brother? No. They're trapped in the... Is it Terry Crews? Is it Polly Shore? No. <laughs> Did they bring him back? <laughs> I hope he has a major cameo. Is Tenacious D in this one also? <laughs> I hope so. No, uh, they're trapped in a dome. They have no contact with the outside world, and they slowly start going insane. Oh. That doesn't sound the same. But it's a biodome. <laughs> but it's a biodome. Yeah, okay. I, I mean, I buy that. <laughs> so they're in Vegas. Khan shows up, starts ordering people around, sees Sarah Jessica Parker, and is like, oh, that's a dead ringer for my wife. And he's sad because his wife died of skin cancer, I assume, because he's really weird about the sun. Yeah, yeah. He's always he, talking about her like he said her skin. The doctor said her skin was like a saddlebag. Yeah. It's like, God damn. Which I thought it was weird that he owned a house in in Hawaii. And he's hanging out in Vegas. Yeah. What, yeah. What's that about? Well, he's a big time gambler. Like, I know. But it's I mean, the gambling scene's probably pretty limited in <laughs> Hawaii. People are like betting pineapples and Masubi. So he arranged. <laughs> what? These are the things I love. If I had those to gamble those things. things, I'd be like, oh, okay, this really means something to me. I don't want to lose my Masubi, so I better win this hand. Masubi's a great thing to win in poker because, you know, tax man can't tax what you eat. That's right. Come and get it. Hands <laughs> Government. <off my> coconuts. <laughs> um, but James Conn sets up uh, a poker game in his private suite and slips like an invitation under their door to get him in there to con him out of this. What, was the game actually rigged? I think it has to be. I mean, it, oh, it was definitely rigged because they kind of like make it get, seem like it was. But like, what are the fucking odds for him she to says, get like, a straight one three flush million. and then for James Conn to get a slightly higher straight flush yeah. right afterwards? Like, it's like in the same hand, anomaly, like right? two straight flushes in one hand. The likelihood is even outside of Hollywood's realm of possibility it, it seems like johnny sandwich had his uh had his hands in this one yeah i mean they sharked him at two asian elvis there's also an elvis convention oh, going eddie on. yeah yeah there's so eddie many, is so good i love so eddie. many amazing elvises in this movie uh including bruno mars I know, I yes say that so uh we <laughs> we get into the game and it it builds up to a, a hand that should be unbeatable uh i believe there's S straight flush to jack yeah, uh, straight flush to the jack. And so Cage like keeps taking more and more money on credit. James Conn takes the hand with a straight flush to the queen. And Cage is just bugging destroyed. And the indecent James Conn, proposal happens. Yeah, the indecent proposal, or at this point, I think it's a pretty decent proposal where Conn's like, hey, 
Let me spend the weekend with your wife. I definitely won't try and fuck her. Nothing sexy. Uh, well, I mean, beyond the normal James Conn sexiness. And he can't find the money anywhere else, so he talks to her, and she's like, well, I guess. Sarah Jessica Parker, I keep wanting to call her Sarah Michelle Geller. Stupid three-name Sarahs. Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker is just hanging out with Tommy. Nick Tommy. Cage is Jack Singer. Sarah Jessica Parker is Betsy Nolan. James Conn is Tommy Corman. And Pat Morita is Mahi Mahi. Uh, of yes. course. He's the only person in this movie that is likable. Even though he's still a shitbag. Yeah. He's a shitbag. But he does, he's, he's the most likable shitbag. He's the only I, one who kind of does the right thing eventually. I think Peter Boyle's very likable. <laughs> That's fair. And Eddie's likable. And Roy Bacon is likable. Roy Bacon fucking rules. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, God, there are some fucking bangers of names in this movie. They they did it right. Roy Bacon's got some fucking chompers. That's in what I was oh my say. God, he, he has got. He had to have dentures or something. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, or like three sets of teeth. So just like naturally. a shark. Yeah. yeah. Roy Bacon's the leader of the flying Elvises. Yeah. That... Yeah. He doesn't come in until like the last 15 minutes of the movie. So Tommy comes around. He's like, oh, let's go to Hawaii. I'm going to take you to Hawaii. And then his wife's like, I'm going to Hawaii with him. It's so yeah, like, weekend turns in like five days. Yeah, so now she's expected to come back on Wednesday and Cage is freaking out. So he chases them to Hawaii when he just can't cope with anything. And he's like following them around the island. See, this is my biggest missed opportunity with this film. He's supposed to be a private eye. He's real bad at it. So they get this guy, Mahi Mahi, Pat Morita, the taxi driver on it. He intercepts cage at the airport and cage is like hey take me to tommy corman's house and he's like okay i got it everybody know everybody know him <laughs> oh i did something racist and <laughs> <I? laughs> so he takes him to chief orman's house instead of tommy corman's house and uh, then we get peter boyle singing a lot of like south pacific and show tunes we cut back to him finishing south pacific <laughs> so it's just they've just been sitting there for the entirety of that musical yeah pretty much Nick Cage gets outside and he's like, oh, man, oh, my, my, I it looks like I left my keys in the bathroom. Could you run in and get them? And so Pat Maria's like, yeah, I'll, I'll go do that. And so he runs inside like I pronounced all of it. That was good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Way to rein it in. Cacaldry. <laughs> Some of us never learn. Pat Maria goes back inside. Cage just steals his taxi and drives off. Let's let's talk about Tommy's seduction, quote unquote. The of, seductory. Yeah. He's a boomer. Yeah. I mean, my favorite part is <laughs> he's a boomer him, in Hawaii. Him, they make him look old so fast. It's just, you know, yeah. can we talk about his awesome art? Oh, the like Kama Sutra. Shit? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. When you enter the house. Yeah. Welcome, granddaughter. Yeah. Here's his, people fucking his son and granddaughter are on their way. That was like one of his cells to like get her to come to Hawaii. It's like, you'll meet my son and my granddaughter. Yeah, nothing weird could happen also, because they'll be here. How weird is it for your son to be introduced to the woman you just met who looks apparently exactly like his mother? That'd he did weird. not react to it. Yeah. It must be only James Khan sees it that way. But yeah, Khan gives the full court press. Yep. And it fucking works. It admits to her that like he like set up the game so he could like have the weekend with her, immediately tells her he's in love with her. No, he was definitely love bombing her. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Which uh, apparently works. I guess we go back to Vegas because Tommy's gone back to Vegas with Betsy to get married now. And when we're in Vegas now, Tommy's telling her that like 
the game was only for three thousand yeah. dollars and, and that, that nick cage put her up instead of despite what he'd said before yeah so he's changing the game he's like oh i, I to, only said that to be gentle with you and to like, be fair her character is a big old dummy yeah like which really speaks very ill for the ex-wife yeah. <laughs> or the so, dead wife and she's teaching children yes yeah that's a scary <laughs> thought so uh nick cage can't get a direct flight back to vegas to chase them he ends up going to San Diego and then catching a private plane from San Diego to Vegas, which ends up just being the Flying Elvises. They're going there for a big Flying Elvis thing, uh, which turns out to be skydiving. Yeah. Well, and this is clearly before 9-11 because there's no TSA, right? Oh, he yeah. just yeah, walks out there with a cardboard sign. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's just on I the mean, tarmac. Even before that, when, he, when he starts... <laughs> When he's yelling at Ben Stein earlier in the film, or the ticket agent's like, you know, sir, can you get back in line? He's like, why? What are you going to do? Arrest me? Send me to um, airport jail? <laughs> and then everyone in line is like, yeah. yeah. This guy fucking fucks. This guy's good. <laughs> I just like the fact that they were using the green on black screens at the airport. Yes. Oh, it, made, yeah. it made me... Um, wistful for simpler times yeah those were easier days <laughs> so james con she's like you know let's wait what's the rush let's because she agrees to marry him and then he like starts you know grabbing her and it's like never walk away from me yeah he starts becoming a huge yeah. douchebag offers her half a million dollars to marry him today yeah which immediately escalates to a million dollars yeah. and if they i think you just hold out a little longer get divorced, yeah. yeah well and you get it in paper too right you get that in writing yeah i would yes. have gotten that in writing and i would have like i would have gotten it in writing i would have gotten the cash up front i would have gone to uh the chapel i mean it's fake and say no you can have all these things yeah. right yeah absolutely he has guys who do these things there's a notary somewhere he knows one he he's very intimate with his balls it's tony shalhoub it's tony shalhoub <laughs> it's a hell of a way to introduce yourself to somebody yeah it's a power move. Yeah. So yeah, that's a Vegas handshake. Uh, he's up there with the flying Elvises. <laughs> needs to jump, so winds up jumping out of a plane with the flying Elvises. Sarah Jessica Parker to get away from Tommy has like dressed up in a showgirl outfit. I felt very convenient. Yeah, that's a lot of outfit to get into in such a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. When they're like running through the crowds and she's being chased by uh, Tommy, they're announcing all the flying Elvises that are coming in. The last one is. Jack Singer. So From New York City. Yeah, so she hears numerous that. Numerous times. Jack runs Singer. up there, you know, runs past security. They embrace, they kiss. Tommy sees this and goes, it's over. He jumped out of a plane for her. Set up a game. <laughs> That's the movie. Yeah. That, that then is... they go get married in front of all those Elvises. Which is the only way to get married, as far as I'm concerned. That's how my parents got married. In front of a bunch of Elvises? Married by an Elvis. Ooh. Beautiful. I Honestly, if, Tale as old as time. <laughs> if I could manufacture it right, I would love to have an Elvis wedding where everybody dresses like Elvis except for the the efficient. person. Yeah, efficient. <laughs> and just like do it in Vegas and only Elvises can attend. I like that. If you had to dress up as an Elvis, what era Elvis would be your preference to get married as? Dead on the toilet. <laughs> you bring the toilet. Oh, yeah. That's a seat with you anywhere you go. Mm-hmm. I gotta have, like, the sweetest pompadour Elvis. That's my Elvis. I do 1969 comeback Elvis. Ooh, fringe. 69? Yeah. Nice. Good call. Yeah. yeah. He's, like, starting to lose it, but still sexy. That's me in a Dad bod Elvis. <laughs> starting to lose it, but still sexy. <laughs> Not yeah. doing those military <laughs> pictures anymore, Elvis. This is the, uh... I really, that's, thinks all, that's all we can hope for at this point. Yeah. I do want to talk about 
his form of acting in this movie, which is just to scream every line in this film. And not in like a very cagey way, just to violently yell at people. Yeah, it was just volume. Yeah. Yeah. I think this character definitely got directed uh interestingly. Andrew Bergman. Yeah, written and directed by Andrew Bergman, right? So he did a lot of things such as striptease. Oh, he wrote striptease, striptease. Wrote Blazing Saddles. What it could happen to you. That's what you're thinking of. I was thinking about all three of those, actually. Because I knew there was one Blazing Saddles that yeah. I like. It could happen to you, which is a good movie. We, we passed it forward. And, Cause uh, of Fury, the legend of Hank. Mm, Who the fuck Hank. is Hank? <laughs> He's the best one. He's got paws. Of the paws? The Furious. Is this like a, a Beethoven spinoff or an Air know. Bud spinoff? Is it a oh. spinoff from the, the dog that Air Bud had to fight in the boxing movie? <laughs> I would watch that It was a boxing bud? No, no, I think dog fighting would be <laughs> strictly prohibited in <laughs> the Air that. Bud franchise. That's, that, that's the one sport that they're just like, we're not going to touch Air that Air Bud one. moves in with Michael Vick. <laughs> uh. um, what, were you, what, what were you getting to? Michael Vick is like the Don King character of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be a champ! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do we have quotes? if I could turn back time? <laughs> uh, that's now a that would be a great segue. That would be a good segue. <laughs> uh, quotes, yeah, I got, I got quotes. Fucking quotes of the yin yang. I was gonna say that. <laughs> uh, my quote's just like right there at the end after Nick Cage like meets up with uh, Sarah Jessica Parker again. And Sarah Michelle Geller. <laughs> no, you you got it right. Oh, fuck. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I panicked. Um, I panicked because this is all live and it couldn't possibly be re-edited. There's so much pressure. <laughs> I'm, I'm doubling every fuck up. <laughs> okay, so they're in each other's arms and like he's dressed like an Elvis and she's dressed like a showgirl. He's like, his kid said you were going to get married. Did you get a job here? Mine's the line I'm going to use every time I go gambling now. He's, uh, this is after, um, I was going to say Sarah Michelle Geller. <laughs> Sarah Jessica Parker goes on the intro date with James Con, and he somehow has lots of cash still to go play roulette. And he sits down at the table and he says, I, it's extremely important that I win. And, yeah. and for some reason, the woman manning the roulette table takes him somewhat seriously and gives him a respectful answer. Mine's like from very early on in the film, and it's him talking about a dream, uh, talking to Sarah. God damn it, Sarah Michelle Jessica Geller. Parker, uh, about uh, he had that dream about his mom again, and she's like, "Was she naked in this one?" Hey, I only had one dream where she was naked. She was vacuuming. It wasn't sexual. It was about cleanliness. I love that one. Uh, that that comes back again at the end of the movie too, which is great. Where he's like. I had another dream about my mom. I told her we were getting married. And she's like, was she naked? She was still naked, but it was okay. <laughs> so uh, instead of good cage, bad cage, because mm, this isn't a great film and he's not the best in it. Um, I want to know, how long do you give that marriage? I give it a year. Two tops. Mm. No, I think they're so dysfunctional. They'll stay together for a long time and just be somewhat miserable. Oh, they're going to have kids yeah, immediately. Exactly. too. You're right. it's, it's the kids that'll link them together mm -hmm. in sadness and that'll be it. I don't know. It wasn't a, a great performance by Cage and it wasn't it's not a top five movie for me. No, but 
Did I enjoy myself all the way through it? Yes. I did enjoy myself. Did I laugh while I watched it? Yes. Yes. I did laugh. Do I think that it deserves to be a part of this podcast? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Jiu-Jitsu is. There's a lot. I mean, we've moved all sorts of... Bangkok Dangerous made it into this somehow. <laughs> they really could have cut like a third of the movie. Oh, yeah. Oof. Yeah, I mean. That's what I thought. Yeah, give me a nice 60 minute movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing. I don't feel like I'm appropriately equipped to talk about romantic comedies. I mean, they're, there wasn't they're just really not any something romance. I like. Yeah, well, well I mean, James Gunn <laughs> throws a lot of romance around, but it's always creepy. Yeah. And it's creepy con. I don't know. There, there's never a sweet, touching moment in this movie. No. No. Hey, Nick, I got a question for you. If I could turn back time. I was going to ask if you believe in life after love. (laughs) Do you believe in life after love? Because that's what this next movie is kind of about. Yeah. 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 I read. That's my segue. I've read so many interviews from Cher this week. Like, I just got addicted to reading interviews by Cher. Awesome. Or with Cher uh, for no reason. And none of them really amount to anything in my head. They're all the same. Mm. Talks about shoes. That's because people only want to ask her questions about her, like, weird boyfriends, her fashion style, and things like that. I'm just going to put it out there, but Cher is highly underrated. Oh, Uh, I really love Cher in a sometimes ironic, sometimes not ironic way. I never really got the Cher appeal, and then I saw this movie, I'm like, Cher's charming as fuck. Yeah. You You want to marry her? You want to be her friend? Um, Which is funny because this movie is nothing share. No, no, she's very unshare. Well, she's an Armenian woman, <laughs> Armenian, Native American, a bunch of other things. Not Italian at all. This movie is aggressively Italian. It is very aggressive Italian. These tramps and thieves. <laughs> Oh man, when she said Nick Cage looked at her with those gypsy eyes, and I was just like, "Ooh, ooh spicy!" Can't say that anymore. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to say it on the podcast because it's a freebie. Yeah, that's but. true. It was in is a quote from the movie. I take I take every freebie I can. I always I always think that Swede sounds like a slur. Swede, yeah, Swede, fucking Swede. Say the whole word. Uh, did you ever watch the show Iron Horses or something like that? I don't what? know. But there was one like work boss who was Swedish, and they just called him the Swede. And yeah, I mean, he was a real son of a bitch. Or, was it just wings with the with trains? Yeah, I've never seen was wings. Tony so Shalhoub yes, in it? <laughs> <laughs> Tony Shalhoub was every character, including the Swede, which was the most racist part. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, follow the tradition of Moonstruck and drink champagne with a sugar cube dropped into it to ward off the devil. Yeah, because he's a fucker. The devil can't. So when we started watching this, Josie was like, why do why are they putting sugar cubes in their champagne? Like if they wanted it sweeter, why not just buy, I don't know, spumante instead of brute? I don't I don't know the champagne terms. Uh, drinky, drinky, wine yeah, time. Drinky, drinky, wine time. And so I had to look it up. But it is specifically like an Italian or Italian-American like old wives tale to drop a sugar cube in your champagne uh, because the devil hates all good things and nice things. Mm-hmm. So having like Makes that sense. little bit of extra sweetness keeps the devil out of your spirits. But it also uh, from a scientific standpoint gives it more surface area for effervescence. So it bubbles more aggressively for longer out of the sugar cube, mm. which is nice if you like the bubbles. Science, science pod. pod. Mr. Wizard. Show me your dick. What? 
Sorry, I couldn't let it get too serious. Sorry, Marissa, you're excluded from that is, is one. This is why we put Mentos in the Diet Coke to ward off the devil. Uh, yeah, and, and for effervescence. Oh, is it Mentos? I've yeah. been doing pimentos this whole time, and I've <laughs> always been curious. Huh. My Diet Coke tastes terrible. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, Moonstruck. Obviously, we're talking about Moonstruck. Starring Cher. Mostly as, Cher, yeah. Mostly yeah. Cher. Loretta Cast- uh, Castorini. Nick Cage is Ronnie Camareri and Danny Ayo as Johnny Camareri. Ronnie and Johnny, brothers. Um, and then uh, a bunch of other great actors. Yeah, I mean, Olympia Dukakis is uh, Cher's mom. He's only 15 years older than her. Vincent Gardenia, great name, mm-hmm. uh, is her dad. Frazier's dad's in this. Frazier's dad, dad, John Mahoney, yeah. yeah. And uh, the grandpa, I, I'm sure he's like, an interesting actor. You know but... what else John Mahoney was in? Uh, the best show ever. That's right, Burn Notice. Oh my god. god. I forgot about that. Why does it always come back to burn notice? I love burn notice. Obviously. <laughs> That's gonna be my next podcast. I say mine because I know you two won't have anything to do with it. It will be a solo. It will be self-produced. I'll come on your podcast. Nice. <laughs> I did watch a lot of USA shows. I love you. I mean I just want to do a whole podcast about USA television. It was golden era. Yeah. So Moonstruck. Yeah, Moonstruck. Uh Fucking banger of a film, 1987. Yep. It's a great movie. Yeah, so Cher, uh, Loretta is proposed to by Johnny, and uh, she has to work him through the whole process. He's a real lump of a man. Oh, he's a fucking rube if I ever he's, saw him. He's a putz. He's a total putz. <laughs> rube, putz. He's a, he's a dum-dum. He, nice hand motion. He proposes because his mom's dying, and he has to go back to Sicily to be at his mom's side as she dies. We only get like five minutes of him and Cher together in this film. Yeah. And the entire time, all she does is take care of him. Well, yeah, she buys him gum for the plane. You know, she tells him to wear a hat when he's out in the sun. Yeah, he's a baby. I mean, that's he goes baby. to that's... order the fish at the restaurant. Oh, yeah, she's like, and she's too like greasy. you yeah. can't eat the fish. It's going to be too greasy. It's going to sit in your stomach and you're going to fly like that. That's the subtext. His mom is dying. He needs another mother. Yeah, for sure. And to be fair, a strong Italian woman. She's going to tell you what you're going to do and what what's on her mind. Well, she's reticent because her last husband died, got hit by a bus. Which was bad luck. Which is bad luck. I would say so. It's about as bad as it can get. I don't know. Well, she's alive. Yeah. Yeah. But she coaches him through it. She takes him in. When she sees him off at the airport, because this movie also has a very unhinged person at the airport, because she's just watching the plane fly off. And this old Italian woman's like, you know someone on that plane? And she's like, yeah, my fiance. I put a curse on that plane. Yeah, I love that old lady. <laughs> she talks about how, like, my sister yeah. stole my man just to be a bitch. Yeah, and then <laughs> yeah. admitted to me, just admitted to me that she never loved him. She just wanted to be better than me. So I curse her. And Cher yeah. just goes, I don't believe in curses. Hold on, I want to back one thing up. So when I mildly touched on Pat Morita's accent, <laughs> I was racist. Italians aren't people. Okay. <laughs> as long as we've got that out in front. So continue. The Swede. <laughs> no, like like we said, this movie is aggressively Italian. Uh, there's one character. It is very Italian. There's one. There's one. We're all just gesticulating wildly. Um, there's one character in here. Her grandfather, who most of his lines are just an Italian. And he's, he's talking a to a Russian actor. Yeah. <laughs> he's a- like. Okay, so hold on. I want to talk about this. <laughs> Since we're just on the grandpa right now, uh, I he's my favorite character in this movie. Oh, he has the best. The be- he has the, the best, best joke in the whole movie. But the best part about him is like not even like 
on screen. It's the fact that the actor himself is he's, he's 140 now fucking blind. So he couldn't really see anything, couldn't hear anybody. He was deaf and he would watch other people. And this is how he would get his cues when they would stop talking. That's when he knew they were done. So it was his turn. So their mouth stopped moving. And then he would just say his line, no clue what they said, anything like that. Just old deaf Russian dude. That's awesome. Owning this Italian grandpa role. I appreciated the dogs. Yeah, uh, he has like five dogs that are yeah. just his. Oh, the best dog scene is when he comes back the first time and the dogs go to go up the stairs and that one dog misses <laughs> the stair and just takes a header into the stairs. So good. Like he feeds Classic dog. He yeah. feeds his daughter-in-law's food to the dogs. Like we'll scoot like we'll have food served to him. Then he just gets up, walks it over and just hands it to the dogs. Yeah, gives sits the back plate. down. And then his son is just like, my dad needs another plate. Yeah. Oh, no, the, the best line is what Olympia Dukakis says to the grandpa. Yeah, she, after what does that. What he say? She says, she like, like, if you uh, if you give my food to that those dogs one more time, I'm going to kick you to death. Yes. <laughs> She's my favorite character in this movie. Yeah. yeah. She's great. I loved when the grandpa was meeting with all of his old dude friends at the, like, cemetery, cemetery around the grave of one person that had all these flowers and stuff, but he's got all of his dogs, and they're like, kicking up dirt and stuff around Peeing as he leaves yeah <laughs> nobody gives a shit it's just like <laughs> they have an old dude conference and then like he says i need to make sure my son pays for the wedding it's disrespectful if he doesn't pay for this wedding and yeah share comes home tells them tells her father that she's getting married what again yeah and they have a little fight about it he doesn't like johnny um i don't like johnny i don't no, like johnny say who does Said like, all right, let's go wake up your mother. Go upstairs. Wake up, mom. Loretta's getting married. What again? <laughs> I do love the line. Uh, do you love him? No, ma. Good. Because if you love him, they know you can get away. They can get away with anything. Do you like him? I do, ma. Good. I like in the end when she's with Ronnie and it's like, do you love him? I do. I do, ma. Oh, God help us. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great. These movies are great because we saw the first. We saw Nick Cage's first ma marriage that went wrong. Then we see a second marriage. Perfect. Yeah. That's the connecting tissue for this one. <laughs> and cuckoldry. Yeah. Cuckoldry. Yeah, Peter. Come on. What, what the fuck? 21st century. Cuckoldry. <laughs> <laughs> so the main point of this film is Johnny was like his one ask for Loretta was like, you got to get my uh you got to get my brother. We haven't spoken in five years. He works at this bread shop. You got to call him up and like get him. Nick Cage. So she goes to meet him and he's shoveling coal into a oven and he's, Ooh, he's sweaty, sweaty feeder. He's, he's got those fucked up teeth that make him look like a human being. Yeah. So I did want to talk about this. I talked about it with Peter a little bit. Nick Cage has never been like attractive. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like he's never been horribly attractive, but before he got the veneers and his teeth were fucked up, his face had like class and character. And I like I would see him and like I see his like cute little boy smile. I'm like, I get it. Well, this is the I said this earlier. This is the only film I've ever seen him in where he's like remotely attractive because he's got a sort of animal presence about him. He's a wolf. And he, he actually, you gotta see Birdie. He actually acts in this. And so you feel you feel the the, the passion he has for Cher. Like he actually communicates that. So this, the is, studio did not like him for this role and did not want him in this. Correct. Like she, uh, he did a 
um, did a screen test with Cher. I can't remember who the other like front runner was, but the studio was like, no, he's bad. We don't like him. And Cher was like, no, he's the only one who's going to pull off crazy. I want him. And they're like, no. And she's like, cool. I quit. And they're like, all right, he can be in the movie. Yeah. Go share. I know. Yeah. Fucking power play. I know. I guess when you have one name, you can do what you want. That's right. To be sh- fair. The, to be share. Yeah, I know. I almost said that. Uh, <laughs> to be share. To be fair. Uh, the studio continued to try to sleep on this movie. And after it was done, they're like, this movie sucks. We're going to release it in two theaters. Uh-oh. And they put it out in two theaters. But... Uh, Goldie Hawn's Overboard is what they were putting all their money on, and that movie bombed. And so they're like, fuck, I guess we better release more of this Moonstruck movie. And it went to, like, many theaters. Like, it just multiplexed right out because people loved it. And that's how that got. Well, even shares like, in an interview while making the film, was like, this isn't a good movie. She did not think she did a good job. She didn't think the movie was great. Won an Oscar for it. Yeah. Cher also didn't watch dailies, so she doesn't really know whether it was a good movie or not. Uh, okay, she, she's on the record in an interview saying that she wouldn't watch dailies. Good. I, I mean, I'd hate to do that. I wouldn't either. I don't know. So she goes and meets uh, Ronnie, mm-hmm. who hates his brother for a slight from years prior. Uh, Ronnie blames Johnny for the loss of his hand and a his bride. A slight or a slice? Hey! hey. And we're back. <laughs> Apparently, Johnny, like, called out to him while he was slicing bread on the slicer, and his he looked away, and his hand got caught in there and got mangled. And when he went home to his uh, to his fiance, she left him for another man. A man with two hands. Yeah. <sighs> I'm just going to say my I'm just going to say my quote now. Cher goes to, like, invite him to the wedding. He's pointing at his, like, wooden hand. That was kind of a sweet prosthetic, though. Yeah, <laughs> it was a good wooden hand. He had like, some good wood. Good wood. I ain't no freaking monument to justice. I lost my hand. I lost my bride. Johnny has his hand. Johnny has his bride. He wants me to uh, take my heartache, put it away, and forget. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Another series of just extreme yelling every line in this film. Yeah, he's so, like, melodramatic. My quote from this is kind of from that same scene. Chrissy, over on the wall, bring me the big knife. I want to cut my throat. Oh, Gianni. I love how dramatic he is about it. Give me the big knife. I'm going to fucking kill myself right here. (laughs) Oh, Johnny, don't do it. He's like, I'm going to fucking kill myself. I want you to stay for this and tell Johnny on your wedding night that I died. (laughs) I love that melodrama. Yeah, no, he's spectacular. Um, then she like he lives upstairs. She takes him upstairs to like talk things out. At which point, uh, he, he, she makes a mistake. She makes a mistake. <laughs> yeah, which he wants. I well like it done. well done because he's they're all babies. Everyone's yeah. a baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that is very true. Well, all the men in this are just like children. Well, well, no, no, no. I would argue that he that scene where he flips the table over and he kisses her is where he stops being a baby. Yeah. And he starts becoming the man. I love that. Yeah. I, well, he had a steak. He yeah. had to eat it bloody. <laughs> That's true. She made Bloody it. for the blood. She's like, I need whiskey. So they have a sip of whiskey each, at which point he flips the table, squares up, slicks back the hair. Does a shake of the hips. That's yeah. my favorite part. Then he like just grabs her and kisses her, and, like sweeps her off her feet. And she's like, where are we going? The bedroom. Fine. Take me there. I don't care anymore. Yeah. She wastes no time to cheat on her fiance. Well, it's because she 
actually has passionate feelings. Yes, yeah. like, I get it. This guy does something. Yeah, no, they have. Johnny does nothing. Johnny was afraid to kneel. Like, he didn't want to kneel down to propose, which. Oh, right, because he's going to mess up his suit. Yeah, like, this yeah. is a nice suit. I know. I picked it out for you. Yeah, it came, it came with, two with two pairs, pairs of pants. pants. <laughs> That's a nice suit. But I want to also circle back here. Nick Cage does not kneel down. No. In the end of the movie. It's true. He just says, like, straight up while standing, oh, yeah. marry me. But he does it in front of her whole family. Yeah. That's fair. It's been less than 48 hours since she's gotten engaged, slept with her fiance's brother, goes to the church to confess. Uh, it's It's been at least a week since the engagement. They they talk about on the phone. Can we talk about that Insinuation phone call? of time oh, with, past. Yeah. With, with Johnny? The, with the mom in the background? Yeah. 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 She's yeah. just in this... I don't know. I have a lot of old French relatives that remind me of that. It was so the the women in black at the bed. And it everything. looks like she's in a Renaissance painting. It's, it does. it's, it's, it's hilarious. It's, I do like uh, on that phone call, though, Johnny just. <laughs> his like cry at his mom's bedside and no. she just like waves him away. She's just like, <laughs> <laughs> I like how quietly he's trying to talk. Yeah. Like he shushes Cher just, on the other side of the phone. Yeah. Well, to be fair, Cher is, I'm going to say that a lot. Uh, Cher is also like doing old person talk too loud on the phone voice. It's like, oh, you're in another country. I need to talk louder. So you yeah, hear me further. from America. <laughs> Got to really project. Yeah. So Cher and Ronnie sleep together. Then the Bella Luna comes out. The, oh, the yeah. love moon. What did you guys think of the the friends of the family who talk about the love? Moon? Uh, her aunt and uncle. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I loved their roles in the movie. I thought they were a lot of fun. I loved how dopey the uncle was. I loved how kind of like flighty the aunt seemed. They're, they're just kind of off. They're out there. They're a little weird, but they're like they're sweet. Well, they're those people who are consistently in love yeah. throughout the whole film, yes. right? So every... They don't have a problem. Every... Yeah. I mean, it's an examination of love and couples, right? And mm -hmm. so they are what you hope to be. Yeah. And they are perhaps... They even get down in this movie. Cher and Ronnie will be in 30 years' time. Yeah. Loretta's father is cheating on her mother, and the mom knows it. His name is Cosmo. Well, she... I love the name Cosmo. Assumes it. What's well, it yeah. short for? Cosmopolitan. <laughs> Cosmo Cosmonaut. <laughs> so she lives at home with her parents and like there's a couple conversations about where she's going to live. Johnny's going to move in with them. Sure. It's the multi-generational family. Well, and like the one situation. night she stays out when she I mean, she's cheating on her fiance. But the one night she stays out like the mom's like, I lied to your father and said you came home like. I know she's supposed to be 37 in this movie. I can see it in the 80s. Uh, yeah, I was hardly alive at this time. Um, if in 1987, if I had been out all night, my parents would definitely have words with me. I wouldn't understand them. I'd be two. But <laughs> the fact of the matter is, like, they, there is a concern, and especially if, like... Especially as a woman. Yeah. As a woman, I'm assuming New York plays a part in it, and just living in a multi-generational family. I didn't grow up in, like, a family where I had, like, my grandparents and stuff living with me. I saw my grandma naked one time. That <laughs> uh, was really weird. It was weird. I saw my grandma have a stroke. Wow, let's just oh, keep one up in each other. My grandma kept it pretty PG-13 when I was watching. but <laughs> And we got there. High five. Uh, we need to end on that joke. Podcast over. Yeah, we're done. Moonstruck wins. It's better. <laughs> oh, continue. But, uh, I mean, these... <laughs> Peter is leaving the room. Yep. 
immigrant families and stuff you know they bring different values values yeah. and stuff well, i yeah. also thought it was kind of gossipy like oh definitely you're gonna wonder where your daughter is if yeah he's engaged to someone else who's in another country like where were you oh the harlotry is yeah. yeah intense i do like though so they have sex she gets up at night to look at the moon goes back to bed wakes up again and suddenly realizes what she's done well you know in the middle of the night you're still kind of like absorbed in like the she was probably still drunk. Yeah, plus, it, but, plus it was the love moon. Yeah, yeah. Love moon. The, the Bella Luna. Bella Luna. Also, Bella Lugosi is dead. Is did I ever tell you guys that I saw? I got to see uh, Bauhaus. You did? Yeah. Oh fuck uh, yeah! It was at Sasquatch, maybe two thousand five. Peter Murphy threw out a rose, and I caught it, and we made eye contact. And it was love. It was love. Bella Luna. <laughs> also, there were all these like kids that were like 14 that were there for him because him was playing like before they opened up for Bauhaus. I forgot that that was a thing. I yeah. just thought you meant for him. Yeah. They, <laughs> nope. For, for the band, capital H-I-M. With the uh, weird like heart. Yeah. heart the heartogram. The heartogram. Mm, yeah. uh, I watched a lot. of. I, well, I watched some people at BAM. Yeah. That's mostly where I know him from. Oh, my oh God. yeah. Well, uh, when it's Bauhaus. The BAM Margera podcast now. When ba- well, Bam Margera's in uh, rehab now, and Lamar Odom, he owns, uh, runs a bunch of oh yeah, that's right. uh, rehabs now. So Bam Margera is in one of Lamar Odom's rehab houses now. <laughs> I hope he does well. Uh, but when I was there, like all these little like kids were like, "Who are these guys? What are they doing?" And I was just like, "You don't even know, children. <laughs> you don't even understand goth. <laughs> you fucking children." Uh, so anyway. <laughs> Yeah. Bella Luna. That was my Bella Peter Luna. Murphy so, story. <laughs> Cher says, it's over. You know, it's never going to happen. Don't come to the wedding. I'm going to come to the wedding. Don't come to the wedding. So his one ask is he wants the two things he loves uh, at the same time to go to the opera with the woman he loves. Can I do, can we just stop on that for a second? Because. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we don't, we don't take breaks. <laughs> we don't, we don't stop. We're, we're well, very no, linear. I, guess, I think that like, okay, I'm going to get a little like lit crit on you guys, but. How much more adult can you get than loving the opera, right? As like a as a symbol for being an adult, for True. being a mature human. I, I love low key opera. love opera. I do too. Um, Thank you. And it well, it I'm a child. Come, it didn't come <laughs> no, about until really late because when I was in, you have the hair for it. When I was still doing uh, my undergrad in Montana, the only grad school that expressed interest in me was ohio conservatory of opera and at the time i was way more interested in partying and stuff and i was like i don't want to go do opera school for lighting i want to do something else and then maybe like 10 years later i looked back at my portfolio and it's like all i did like for lighting design like i did dance stuff i did music stuff and shows so it's like yeah i should absolutely just be doing opera because it's the best way to do incredible like insane lighting Mm -hmm. and work on like super fun things without having to like really think about it like a musical because it's just all music yeah and it's i should have done it i should have gone to ohio i'm shaking my head nick's great regret yeah and uh why didn't i go to become a, a lighting designer for the operas I would not Columbus. be a, a washed out <laughs> lighting designer turned electrician. <laughs> so they both get a bit of a glow up. Uh, Cher has, you know, a little hair montage, buys, you know, a new dress, some new shoes, uh, meets with Nick Cage, who has a really nice suit on. Uh, same hair, same wild hair. 
You can't tame the wolf. No. It's pushed back, but they go to the opera where they run into her father, who's on a date. So that's awkward. Yeah, Cosmo with uh, Lorna. 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 It is something like Lorna. that. Yeah. Oh, okay. The actress's Moira, name is Mimi Lorna. then. And then, yeah. yeah. You know, there there's a bunch of like, who's on first? Like, who's that? Who's that? And he says he doesn't want his daughter to be what I'm assuming is Italian for whore. Yes. Putana, it's it's whore. Yeah. It's the same in French. It's putana. Wait, can we be a foreign language podcast? We can. Okay. Only say, for, only say for... it in Italian again. Putana. Putana. Yeah. And in French? Uh, putain. Putain? Yeah. Or pétas if it's a woman, actually. So oh. putain is a man and pétas is Put, a woman. Putain? Pétas. No, no, I'm talking oh. about men. I'm looking at Sean over here. Putain. 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 Whore. <laughs> Sex worker, sir. Um, He's unionized. Yes. <laughs> While this scene's going on, one of my favorite scenes is when uh, Loretta's mom goes to have dinner alone at the same Italian restaurant where Loretta got engaged or proposed to. Can we talk about Bobo? Yes, oh, fuck Bobo. yeah, we can talk about Bobo. Bobo is one of the servers here at this restaurant, and he is incredibly like he is uh, he's a simple man igor he's an igor he yeah. yeah like he, he's dr frankenstein's igor he's just like oh yes 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 uh, oh i'll set your table for you mrs i've got the champagne but like so she winds up having dinner with uh john mahoney because they're both eating alone now where she has my favorite line of the film which is you know let me give you some advice my mom gave me don't shit where you eat. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's a college professor who's dating his students. Yeah. And he, she approaches it so well, too, like as if it's some old wives, mm-hmm. like sage tale. It's like, <laughs> don't shit where you eat. Yeah. No, she is my favorite character in this movie. 100 uh, percent. She fucking rules. Great and, performance yeah. all yeah. the way through. And then Mahoney tries to, like, take her home. Oh, he he tries hard. Yeah. He does a great job of being a charming person yeah. up yeah. until he becomes kind of the sex pest. He yeah. he credits this film with getting him like kind of known and What's the point of him though? Uh so we have the mom and dad who are having marriage problems. We have the aunt and uncle who are, you know, that happy married couple that have been together. Being in love and in a relationship is the ideal state, right? Yeah. And he is sort of the warning of Especially for men, yeah. right? If they don't do that, this is like, what happens to you. He's never been in love. Um, he's bored and jaded with life. Like he says, you know, it's not that he. It's not that he's attracted to the the young women as much as it is like he's been doing his job for so long now that he has no passion for it anymore. But he sees a young face and sees someone who is passionate about something he used to be, and and he just wants to be near that for a while. And it's the whole fear of death thing yeah. that she keeps going on about. I, do I mean, like it's that. his fear of irrelevance, which is death for him. Yeah. Right? So what's what's interesting, the fear of death thing comes up a lot with Olympia Dukakis's character. And then what's funny to me is when Johnny does come back, he's the only one who says it. Yeah. yeah. Outright. Yeah. She has my other great line is Olympia Dukakis when Cosmo comes back home uh, that <laughs> night from the opera uh, Johnny's there Johnny's back from Sicily his mom's made a miraculous m- recovery but Cosmo comes back in and she's like where have you been he's like I don't know where I've been and he just like blows her off he's like I don't know where I've been I don't know where I'm going and she just looks at him and goes Cosmo you're gonna die one day just like the rest of us <laughs> Yeah, she's amazing. Saying the quiet part out loud. Uh, that was great. Uh, also, I do love Cosmo's reaction as he comes in. Just being like, I don't know where I've been. I don't know where I'm going. I don't I don't know when it is. <laughs> it's like, I don't know why. Johnny's come back. Their mother's made a miraculous recovery. Uh, and he needs to talk to Loretta right now. But she's out. No one knows where she's at. She comes home the next day. Has a love bite. 
Johnny's on his way that's over. A, no, that's Ron, a hickey Ronnie, for Ronnie people. has a low fight. No, they both do. Yeah, Ronnie they both do. Yeah, yeah, no, she's like, she's like, you, uh, like, you know, she's like, Johnny's gonna, I was like, what? And her hair's still all kind of like done up and he's, she's like frantically trying to like dress down. And she's like, you have a love bite, cover that up. Doorbell rings, Ma goes to answer it. It's, uh, it's Ronnie. I also like that this is the second time that Cher does a costume change in a closet. Yes, that's true. Like yeah. in Nick Cage's apartment and then now this yeah. here. So this is the scene that I think most people know from this film. So it's Ronnie. Nick Cage comes in and Dukakis is like, ah, oh, well, you want some breakfast? And Cher's like, no, he doesn't. Nick Cage is just like, yes, Mrs. Castorini, I would love some oatmeal. It's like just such a dumb, but it's like, Cher's like, no, he's not staying. He's going. And he's like, yes, I would love some oatmeal, please. So there's so they sit down at the table awkwardly waiting for Johnny to show up. It's such an awkward breakfast. And then the dad comes down and is like, what's going on here? And like gets introduced to Ronnie finally, like officially. Grandpa comes down. Doorbell rings again. Everyone's nervous. It's the aunt and uncle. So now they're there. They're all having coffee. And then the last doorbell is Johnny coming in. Who, guess what, wants to call off the marriage because his mom, uh, his mom had a miraculous recovery. And if they get married, she'll die. Yeah. Superstition runs throughout this entire thing. Yeah. He told mom that she was or that they're going to get married. She recovered. And he's like, oh, we can't get married now because it'll kill her. Yeah. And then she gets a weird jump to make. Then she gets so pissed off because like, you you know, you said we were going to get married. Like, she doesn't want to marry this guy, but she's just like, that was a promise. Because if we learned anything from Tommy Corman, nobody backs out on it. So he wants his ring back, which is which is his pinky ring. Yeah. And then, you know, I've been looking for a pinky (laughs) ring. I'm looking for a really good one, actually. And then Nick Cage just goes, I'll marry you. Yeah. She's like, where's the ring? And he's just like, Johnny. (laughs) <laughs> so he takes johnny's pinky ring and proposes <laughs> and they get married and then yeah and then that's pretty much the end of the film with them all having champagne well, with uh sugar cubes yeah don't, don't forget the scene where olympia dukakis confronts cosmo oh yes because that that's uh that's powerful I yeah thought. he says i what do, what do i have to show for my life and everything he has to show is right around him, yeah you know and she no, reminds she, him of that she calls him out for that yeah. i love that she's like Cosmo, you have to stop seeing this other person. And then he like just there's a pause and he stands up, smacks his hand down on the table, stands there for a second, sits back down and just says, OK, that's a good way to take it. Yep. Oh, wait, he, he knows he's beat. There's he nothing else for him to do. Old guy's best joke is in the scene. It's before Johnny shows up and it's just the whole family sitting around the table and everyone's just awkwardly waiting for the doorbell to ring. And Grandpa just goes, someone tell a joke. <laughs> My favorite grandpa line is after that, even when everything's like done, everybody's like, you know, getting married and he's just sitting there crying and they're like, what's wrong? He's like, I'm so confused. (laughs) That was my favorite part. Yeah. So and then this movie ends like all great adult documentaries with a knife fight, (laughs) like all great adult documentaries with where the chubby guy who's been cuckolded is just sitting in the corner watching Oh, I love the family photo that they show during the credits. It's so awkward, too, because like, why is Johnny in that photo? It's like, obviously, they got up from breakfast and they took an engagement photo with everybody that was there and like grandpa's there. But Johnny's just standing like in the middle, weirdly by himself. Got to be part of the family. So what do we think of Nick Cage's performance in this? Uh, The Italian accent. Where do we land on that? 
Italian American accent. Yeah. yeah. Um, Actually, I grew. Up, I knew people like that in New York, so I would say. Yeah, you're it's the. Not, it's not bad. It's a, li- it. it's a little like some of the his one was okay. Some of the other people's Italians were a little too Italian for me. Well, here's again, the thing this movie about is aggressively it. Italian. Yeah. The ant that like barely had much in it was the dialect coach and hand coach. Oh. for basically every the non hand coach i yeah. love that there's a hand coach yeah they taught people like uh How shares, to speak Italian. i've got a quote from Cher here where she's talking about like learning uh it was uh good hand work. the the guy who played johnny was like teaching her how to say things like theater it's oh, like yeah, you're gonna go to the theater but it's not i'm gonna go to the theater it's the theater there's a hand motion that yeah, you already you, you present right it now. it's like it's the theater the ant taught Cher, Dukakis, and one of the other people who has zero Italian in them how to use this accent of the dialect and then also like just did hand talk coaching yeah. and taught them how to like be Italian. I thought Nick Cage was good in this movie. Oh, I think he's very good. Yeah, I, I thought I really, you can really see the change. There's like, it's like there's before Cher and after Cher, right? And so he's definitely a different. He's, and he does that well. And I, like I said, I actually found him attractive. Like, that's saying something. Because yeah. <laughs> I do not find him attractive hardly ever. <laughs> There's not that's a lot weird. I, I find few occasions where I don't find him attractive now. <laughs> but to be fair, I see him more than I see my girlfriend. So. <laughs> <laughs> Did we do a quote for you? Well, his hip movement was the quote. Oh, that's, oh, that's right. true. Yeah, we did. I mean, really. <laughs> I mean, if those hips the, could talk. Those hips don't lie. To be, to be honest, he doesn't have the quotes in this film. No, everybody this is a share movie. Does. He's almost like the it's, straight man in a comedy yeah, where yeah. everybody's playing off of him. But he's know? the one who's the most, un, like, acts the most unhinged. Well, That's true. Yeah. yeah, he does have the biggest crazy moments. Yes. But. Yeah. And he's very good, obviously, very yeah. good at that. And very early in his career. This was only like his 10th movie or something. Yeah, something yeah. like that. So where do you guys put it in the good cage, bad movie, bad cage, good movie? Good cage, good, good bad, movie. Bad, yeah, good, good cage, good movie. Yep. This is a good cage, good movie. Yeah. yeah. And I've got a a quote from an interview here from Nick Cage uh, just discussing why he did Moonstruck. One of the reasons I did Moonstruck was because I thought it would allow me to take more of a chance with my next film, which is a low-budget black comedy called Vampire's Kiss that hardly has mass commercial appeal written all over it, he said. I play a man who thinks who's insane and thinks he's a vampire. Everyone told me not to do it, but the script grabbed me by the collar and screamed, if you don't do this movie, you're a coward. I figured that in order to succeed in the film business, you can't be afraid to roll the dice. And as long as I'm betting, I want to bet everything I've got. So he only did this so he could do Vampire's Kiss, which I think is great. Yes, that's astounding. Vampire's Kiss is, well, it's, it's the movie that really rocketed him into insanity yes it, like, it developed the character of, of nicholas, nicholas cage. cage yeah so nick moonstruck yeah yeah right. it was a real tight one for me um, they're both fun they're both very enjoyable i for and me i think it's moonstruck's just gonna i'm gonna enjoy watching that again yeah putting two romantic comedies against each other i think is good in my world because I would usually be biased against the romantic comedy. We, I think we talked about this with uh, uh, It Could Happen to it You. Happen, yeah. uh, it's it's not really my bag, yeah. but this was done well, just like It Could Happen to You was done well. Yeah. And same director. It's fun. It's a real ensemble piece. Mm-hmm. It's 
so Nick Cage isn't like prevalent in it. If I had to like base it on how much Nick Cage you get, he's more involved in the other movie. But he's yeah. not better in the other movie. No, this is the better movie. Better performance. Better performance. Weirder. This is definitely. I mean, he's a one-handed Nicolas Cage. Yeah. He lost his head. It's a he weird. lost his bride. <laughs> it's a weird movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, mean... the the scene where Cher slaps him yes. and she's just like slap out or snap out of it. Nick Cage had people coming up to him for like years after this movie and they'd be like snap out of it. But some people would also slap him. She also <laughs> slaps the shit out of him that second time. Well, yeah, she slaps him twice. But Nick Cage is like, I don't know why people think that they can just come up to me and slap me and say snap out of it. Maybe they think I'm going to get them a role in something, but I can't. <laughs> Real quick, uh, there is some this week in K or Cage news. We haven't done that in a while. Sure. The trailer for Sympathy for the Devil came out yes, with Joel Kinnaman. Looks so that good. looks astounding. I'm real excited for that. Um, also today, a gameplay trailer dropped for uh, the Nicolas Cage Dead by Daylight DLC, where yes. you do get to play as Nicolas Cage running away from movie <sighs> monsters. Oh, nice! You get I was, to be the one running away. I was hoping Nick Cage was going to be the monster. Uh, both would be good, but yeah. I kind of want. I hope there's good like Nick Cage lines like while he's running away like I just can't figure out why this is happening to me. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he didn't record any lines for this. They're just using lines of his. And the the like model a pretty bad face scan. The model of the the Nick Cage model is truly not good. Yeah. Oh, just in terms of like things that Nick Cage normally doesn't do, I found out that his first role was in a television series. He didn't tell anybody when he got started, he just got a like part yeah. in this one TV show that didn't make it. And then he made three films with his uncle. I think it's good. He changed his name. Yeah. Oh, for yeah. sure. I think, I think it was only like one movie where he was uh, Nick Coppola. That was just fascinating. I mean, mm-hmm. talk about Nepo baby. So we got away from that pretty yeah. fast. Anything yeah. else you want to say? No, I mean, uh, so next up we've got Lord of War and Captain Corelli's Mandolin. So, oh my uh, god, who do you have as guests on that? Just us. Do you want to come back? <laughs> I don't know if I want to watch this movie. <laughs> we don't either. Uh, yeah, also get ready for some really good quote-unquote accent work. Yeah. I don't think that's allowed on this podcast. Apparently it becomes racist <laughs> um, immediately. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we're going to do it. Oh, actually, one. this is something I wanted to talk about. Uh, Sif is doing a uh, a David Lynch series this summer, starting up very soon. Ooh, I love David Lynch. Wild at Heart is going to be playing at the Egyptian uh, three different nights. I'm going on July 3rd. If I'm anybody also wants going to on go July 3rd. See David Lynch's Wild at Heart in theaters. Absolutely. I'm there. It's like two weeks before we record for the episode. Awesome. So it would be a great time to like get together if anybody any of our like patreons or anything or whatever patrons <laughs> really have patreons yeah yeah what? we'll talk about them right now yeah, yeah. who's our all right let's let's give thanks to Special our patrons thanks to our sparkle buddies on patreon uh josh sean josie rico matt and adam and our cage dancers ira john and freeman yeah. big ups we're we're doing shit here, Marissa. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't just bank. something we do in Peter's basement. Yeah. It's not just something we do in Peter's basement. Yeah. Sometimes we do it in Sean's apartment too. Yeah, we've got options. <laughs> Thanks to your support. <laughs> <laughs> we can afford the gas to move our podcast materials. <laughs> anyway, uh thanks everyone for listening. Um and remember, good night and good cacaldry.
Yeah. <laughs> and thanks to our guest, oh, yeah. Marissa. You, Marissa. Did you have anything you wanted to plug? I don't. That's really weird when people don't expect I know, you to right? ask them if they have anything you yeah, want plugged. Yeah, what do you want plugged? to plug? Because we got all sorts of pine cones and like dirt and stuff outside. <laughs> I, I hear that's how bears do it. They just eat a bunch of pine cones and dirt and then they hibernate. I'm very They natural. plug it up. <laughs> and that's that. Bye. Cacaldry. Bye. <laughs> Cacaldry. Cacaldry. <laughs> It's because you're drinking Diet Coke. With bologna in it. <laughs> Pimento log. Bologna. Mm. This can, is a fine Can you beverage. imagine yeah. slurping... <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to keep talking about this. Slurping some champagne through a bologna straw. Like if you just cored out a piece of bologna and like <laughs> drank some grape juice through it. <laughs> just bubbly, meaty juices in your mouth. Segway out of this one, Sean. Talk about God help area. us. No, keep going. This is this is gold. This is podcast gold. Damn. But uh, I am very bad with money. Uh, the people at home who don't know me, like I like to just spend money on jokes. I uh, I prefer it that way. I don't I don't need a lot of things, but I have a lot of things at home that are one off jokes. And it would have been another Elvis suit. And another yeah we're not gonna approach that i was gonna say uh, i feel like that's highly reusable <laughs> i would use it all the time yeah that's but you need like skinny elvis and fat elvis and this part of my life i'm in a fat elvis phase well you so. just need zippers on the sides right <laughs> to let it out <laughs> that really that really irked me for some reason <laughs> Yeah, cameo from you can't tell me that something irks you because I'm gonna latch onto it and I'm gonna fucking you're gonna get a bunch of embossed weird letters from Nick now. (laughs) Yeah, that's all you're gonna get slipped under your door. Remy's gonna go wild. That's their dog. Don't dox their dog. (laughs) Sorry, dog. I'm outing you hard.